What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Blazers. I am your pass-first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. Looks like we got a series, y'all. Looks like we got a real series. After the Blazers won Game 3 in as dramatic a fashion as you could, four overtimes, an epic. The Nuggets didn't wilt. They didn't lay down. They didn't succumb to the challenges both physical and mental, that they were presented with their season on the line, on the road, in a, as Mike Malone said probably 400 times during his post-game interview, hostile environment. No, instead, they came out ready to play. Dominated the Blazers in the third quarter and then held on. Jamal Murray hit 11 Free throw, 11 of 11 free throws in this game and six straight to ice it and keep Portland's late comeback hopes at bay. So now it's tied 2-2. And the Blazers are probably already in Denver by the time I'm recording this and certainly by the time you're listening to it. Game five, it's Tuesday night at the Pepsi Center. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But let's start with what happened tonight at the Moda Center. This was just another one of those games where the things that Portland has struggled with when it has lost in the playoffs came back in the worst way. The Nuggets grabbed 17 offensive rebounds. They turned those into 20 second chance points. And the Nuggets forced... 14 turnovers and turn those into 18 points the other way. The thing I've talked about on this podcast a bunch, if you've listened, so the Blazers have lost games when they haven't valued possessions, or I, I, I hate that word, value possessions, as if they didn't value them, when they haven't maximized possessions. In the playoffs, it comes down to the little things. They lost those little things tonight. They got crushed on the boards yet again, just like they did in game two. It's a big reason why they lost. They coughed the ball up. They gave away some a handful of just easy buckets. Uh, they weren't as many uh, just sort of like terrible head-scratcher turnovers, but there were some bad ones in this game. And the Nuggets took advantage. That's how you win a, a four-point game. That's how you survive 116-112. But I don't want to hammer on that because I've hammered on that a bunch. You know that... That is the sort of those are the two crucial numbers for me, and they that will not change throughout the playoffs no matter what happens to this Blazers team. Turnover percentage and offensive rebound percentage. But this game really hinged in the in the third quarter. That's that's when the game just got away from Portland. So I want to talk a little bit about that third quarter. Uh, I want to talk in the second segment. Talk a little bit about Damian Lillard and maybe the, the standard he's being held to and what he's playing like in this series. And then uh, in the third segment, we'll talk a little bit about game five. Feels kind of like whoever wins game five wins the series. We'll get there though. So the Blazers behind a 16 point first half from Seth Curry, he was really good. This is the first time we've seen Seth Curry be good. It's almost like him not playing a thousand minutes was really valuable. Not to say that I thought guys looked incredibly exhausted or like obviously exhausted in this game, but 
uh, the, you know, there were some there were some shots that, that that were a little bit short early. So if you wanted to draw that conclusion, you certainly could. But they weren't short from Seth. 16 in the first half. Blazers led by six at the break. Then the third quarter happened, and this is where the Blazers lost this game. They only scored 14 points in the third quarter compared to 27 for the Nuggets. It's also the Nuggets' low-scoring quarter if you guys are uh, keeping track at home. But the Blazers, 5 of 18 in the third. They almost had as many missed field goals as points. 0 for 7 from 3. It was just a disaster. And uh, after the game, both... Well, first Terry Stott said that he felt like they did, the team just didn't have enough pop. And uh, Dame said, too, that their sort of energy wasn't in the right place in that quarter. And that's kind of hard to believe. Uh, it wasn't hard to believe when you were watching it. You could tell that, that they were just out of sorts. Uh, but Damien Lode all year long was one of the leading scorers in the third quarter. Uh, on, during the regular season, he's, it, it just it kind of makes sense if you follow the way he, he plays the game. He kind of spends the opening half figuring out where he can, where he can attack defenses, how they're going to send double teams or, or you know, help defenders and, and, and where he can get his spots. And then in the third quarter, he's, he's figured out that adjustment and he attacks and he usually plays about the first nine or ten minutes of that quarter, which gives him a, a pretty long leash to attack and score a bunch of points. And Lillard time often comes right out of halftime. It didn't work that way tonight. Then when Malik Beasley hit a three to open the fourth quarter, the Nuggets led by 10. That was the first possession of the the fourth quarter for the Nuggets. From down six to up 10, just like that, in about 12 minutes and nine seconds of gameplay. The Blazers came charging all the way back from that 10-point deficit. Had the ball three separate times down two in the fourth quarter with a chance to win this game. Or, excuse me, to tie up the game. I guess that, I guess they're all sort of chances to win the game. That's what it's, what it's building towards. But they couldn't capitalize for a variety of reasons. A couple just missed wide-open shots. A hurried shot by Seth Curry, maybe a hurried shot by C.J. McCollum, too, depending on your sort of point of view. And then things just got out of control in that in that fourth. Uh, Zach Collins with the Blazers down two, excuse me, down three, took it, got a bad tech. He he got he, he got called for a shooting foul on Jokic. He didn't like the call. It was probably a bad call. He threw up his hands. Then he said the magic word. Starts with an F. It's Farfig Newton. Got a tech. CJ McCollum had just gone over to Terry Stotts to calm the Blazers coach down so Terry wouldn't get a tech on that same play. But then Collins got the tech. He apologized after the game. He was... um, not, not like publicly, but he, you could tell he felt bad after the game. But CJ yelled at him in that moment, and, and instead of it was, you know, on that foul, it's 96-93 with like five minutes left. Instead, you give up a free throw, then Jokic hits two free throws from the foul that was called before that led to that tech. So all of a sudden it's a three-point three point game or three-point possession, and it's a six-point game. And it was kind of just like the Blazers just lost this game in the margins. Uh, perhaps the biggest example of that is, with 20 seconds left. 
and the Blazers down three. They attack. Uh, and they went for a bunch of quick twos down the stretch. Like we could parse whether that's the right idea. I think I want to just flat out say it. I don't. I don't think you go for quick for the quick two more than once. It just doesn't make sense. Not the way with with the quality of three point shooters you have, uh, and sort of as the clock ticks down low, it just beca- the, those shots become desperation at a much lower percentage. Now it almost worked, but here's why it didn't. First. Down three, Damian Lillard attacks, draws a fairly favorable but but a foul on Gary Harris, and he misses the front end of the one and front one and one. Too much college basketball on the brain. He misses the front end of two free throws. That's about twenty seconds left. It's twenty point three on the clock, I think. He makes the second one, but instead of a one point game with twenty seconds left, and like the foul game becomes much more valuable, then it's a two point game. Jamal Murray, like I said. Hit his free throws. Came down and hit free throws. Blazers rush and get a three. What looks like a three in the corner. Only it was called a two. They said CJ McCollum's toe was on the line. Immediately go to replay. Uh, and I guess there was no definitive view. The view that I saw, I couldn't tell. But it was called a two on the floor, so it stayed a two. And instead of a one-point game, it's still a two-point game. Blazers lost this game in the margins. Literally a toe over the line. You know, one of the best free throw shooters in the NBA, 90% on the regular season, splits a pair of free throws. It had nothing to do with the refs. There was nothing in this game. The reason why they lost had nothing to do with the referees. I know it's like fun for everyone to boo Scott Foster. The Blazers lost this game because they made these stupid, they made a handful of stupid little mistakes. I don't know if missing a like missing a free throw is a stupid mistake or having your foot on the line is a stupid little mistake, but it, it it's these little these plays in the margins. These two teams are really close, really even. Like the the series is literally tied two two, but I mean the games have been in, have been very very even. You lose these games on not maximizing possessions and and coming away with bad breaks. Those are some bad breaks. And I talked about Dame's free throw shooting, and I want to talk about that more in the second segment. But first, I want to remind you, as I often do at this time, to make Locked On Blazers part of your daily routine. Because when you can get in your car, please tell your smart speaker, play podcast Locked On Blazers. Make it a part of of your daily commute, your daily routine. Whenever you get in your car, tell your smart device, smart speaker, play podcast Locked On Blazers. All right, so we talked about the missed free throw from Damian Lillard. That was a crucial one. He was 8 of 11 from the free throw line today. Uh, By most measurements, that is a very good night at the free throw line. His counterpart on the other side won 11 for 11 from the stripe, and the Nuggets won by 4. These games are in the margins. They are very close. And now I'm going to talk a lot about the way Damian Lillard played this game, and I would like to start out by saying I don't think he played that poorly. Nikola Jokic had the best reaction to it of anyone in the arena. Uh, a couple of reporters, including myself, had kind of been asking coaches and players who came to the podium, what have the Nuggets done to kind of slow down Damian Lillard? You know, the superstar we saw in that first round series against OKC just hasn't showed up yet. He, it's not He hasn't been bad, but we haven't seen that sort of 
dominant superstar game from him. So where is that? You know, they're asking Mike Malone and and and, and Dame and, and Terry Stotts and and a, a reporter poses the question to Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and they're sit, seated at the the podium together and Murray goes on uh you know, maybe a, a 20 second answer about how Malik Beasley and Tory Craig and Gary Harris uh have done such a good job just rotating through and making him work and showing him length and working hard and all these things to make Dame's life tough. And Jokic looks perplexed at the line of questioning. And after Jamal Murray finishes talking, he looks at the reporter who's sitting in the back of the room and he says, Brother, he had 30 points. Now, Dame had 28 on 9 of 22 shooting. He was 2 for 7 from 3. He was good by, by, by most measures. He just wasn't fantastic. Maybe he was like, you know, he's not as efficient as he's been, but, but, but the standard he's being held to is really high. And we can discuss whether we think that's fair or unfair or whatever. But the truth is that Dame spent more than six minutes before he took a shot in the half court, before he, before he attempted a shot in the half court in this game. His first bucket came on a steal and a run out. Got a wide open dunk. But then he got going in the, in the first quarter. He had 10 points. He made three of his first four shots. He got to the free throw line and made th- three free throws. Like he was, he was cooking a little bit in that, in that first quarter. Like you could see him really get going, uh, this felt like, oh, this is the game where Dame breaks through. This is the moment where, where the sort of levees break and 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 the, and Superman who who, just destroyed OKC shows up. You know to put to put the nugget to push the Nuggets to the brink to make this a three one series lead. But then over the next two quarters, Dame was one of ten. In the second and third quarter, he was one of ten from the floor. He was 0 for 4 from 3. He split another pair of free throws and he committed two of his three turnovers during that stretch. Now, he was fantastic in the fourth. He had 15. He really, you know, other than that that missed free throw with 20 seconds left, a crucial miss, mind you, but he was was just really, really good. 5 of 8 from the floor in the fourth quarter. 15 points. He's the reason the Blazers were in the game at the very end. CJ, too, he was really good, and he's been really good. But this segment's about Dame, so that's what we're focusing on. So I don't want to say that Damian Lillard has been bad. But I will say this, going 1 of 10 in the middle two quarters, particularly in that third quarter when the Blazers lost touch and put themselves in a position where instead of you know up, up 6 or 8, in control that they're down six or eight and having to play catch up, that is when they need him to be superhuman, or at least they need him to be pretty good. And he wasn't pretty good in those middle two quarters. He was bad. And you look at the box score at the end, and and I have a tendency to agree with Nikola Jokic. Brother, he had 30 points. Again, 28. But the line's actually better with 30. So respect my man, Nikola. But if the Blazers are going to make the Western Conference Finals, 
if they're going to play with the truly elite teams. And if you make a conference finals, you are really playing with the truly elite teams. This is the final four in the NBA. They don't need Dame to be pretty good and end his box score with a night that makes you think, yeah, he was good. I don't think he was the problem. They need Dame to be great. CJ was close to great tonight. Ennis Cantor didn't do anything. Five points, ten rebounds, only took five shots. Struggled with foul trouble a little bit. CJ was close to great tonight. It felt like he was the one making the emphatic buckets, the, the sort of, um, when they were when the Blazers were putting together that run after falling behind by 10, you know, CJ had two big threes in that run. It's unfair to compare Dame to the level that he raised his game to in OKC, but it's also the level he's going to be reasonably compared to because that was 10 days ago. Blazers need that dude to show up or at least somebody more similar to that dude. I think the Blazers lost this game in the margins for a lot of reasons, and it's because their best player, their superstar, wasn't very good for the middle two quarters. An unfair standard, absolutely, but a standard he set for himself and that you got to hold him to, to some extent. I said in the previous podcast that I, I, I'm kind of waiting for the Dame game to happen. More and more after watching this series, I don't know if the Nuggets are going to let a Dame game happen. They are showing tons of bodies. They're picking him up. You know, he's not stepping into 30-footers like he was against OKC, where he had a little more freedom of movement, a little more uh, he could get loose and kind of, you know, he was bombing away from 30 feet. He was 8 of 12 from beyond 30 feet, you'll mind you, in that series. But more than anything, in the in the first couple games of the series, Dame hadn't even attempted one from that far because the Nuggets are... You know, they they saw what OKC did, and they weren't going to fall prey to that same trap. They're going to make it hard on him. And I guess the the challenge for Dame is to be to get back and be superhuman. Because the Blazers probably need him to play whatever at, at that peak level that we saw. Or at least close to it. Credit the Nuggets for playing good defense, concentrated, excellent defense. But at some point, you got to hold stars to star standards. Blazers need Dame to be really good. We get back in this third segment, I want to talk about what the Blazers can do in Game 5. Won't be the obvious stuff. You know that I think they need to rebound, <laughs> not turn the ball over. They probably need Dame to be a, bit, a little bit better. But I think there's a handful more things that they could figure out. All right, welcome back. Still locked on Blazers, still Mike Richmond. So what do you do in Game 5 to win? One, you got to have Mo Harkless play these games. In the Blazers' previous two losses in the playoffs, Mo Harkless fouled out. Tonight, with five minutes left in the third quarter, he picked up his fourth foul. At that point, he was 1-for-5 from the floor, 0-for-2 from three. He had four points, two turnovers, and four fouls. He didn't play the rest of the night. The Blazers went with Rodney Hood, who was good but not heroic. 
They rolled with Seth Curry, who only attempted one shot in the second half after going six for eight and hitting four of six threes in the first half. I, 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 Seth didn't play early in that third quarter um, because Terry just stuck with his rotation. But when he got back in there, he was kind of invisible. And I don't mean that to knock him. I just mean to point out that you we've seen Seth Curry kind of struggle to find his shots in this offense, and that's what happened again in the second half. All that is to say, the Blazers have other options at the three or on the wing. But Mo Harkless is the one, in a weird way, Mo Harkless is the one that, that has determined their success in the playoffs. When Mo has been good and played well, the Blazers are really good. In six wins during this postseason, Mo Harkless is averaging 11 points and seven rebounds. The Blazers are plus eight on average in those six wins with him on the court. In their three losses, he's averaging a fewer minutes because he's, he's fouled out or in like in this game where he just uh, basically was ineffective and effectively fouled himself out or, or Terry Stotts chose to not go back to him because he, he was just foul trouble and ineffective. But in those losses, he's averaging four points and less than three rebounds. They need the good Mo. They need that 11 and 8. They need that activity. They need that length. They need the guy who can battle on the boards. He does, you know, him and Rodney Hood are very different players. But the good Mo can make life harder on Jamal Murray. He can attack the glass and cover up some of the Blazers' offensive rebound woes. He can battle a little bit in the post. He's a he's one of the Blazers' better cutters, I would say, uh, in terms of like just cutting towards the rim, finding space as other guys as other guys attack. The good Mo is so key to Game Five. In a weird way, in a way that I really didn't see coming, he has been the X factor for the Blazers the entire postseason. And I think I said, you know, in a, in a previous pod that the Blazers' success, like in, in many ways, always comes down to whether Aminu and uh, Harkless are good. But it's really come down so much to what Mo gives them. When Mo's good, they're good. The other key to Game 5 is the Blazers got to figure out something to do with Paul Millsap. He had 21 and 10 in this game. Uh, he hasn't gone nuts, really. Like, like just his, his his numbers in the playoffs. Like, I, I felt like in game three, he, he had more timely buckets than he had, like, major buckets. But I don't think the Blazers can contend when Millsap is really good. In, in, in the Nuggets' two wins in games in one and game four, he had 19 and 6 in game 1. He had 21 and 10 in game 4. You know, he had 17 and 13 in that four overtime game, but it went to four overtimes. In game 2, that rock fight game, the Blazers held him to 6 of 14 shooting. They got to figure out something to do with Paul Millsap. I don't know if they have great options. Like Alfred Camino is definitely his the best option on him. Um Evan Turner hasn't guarded him terribly, but I don't think minutes with Evan Turner is a positive for this 
team overall for the Blazers. Like it's that's mostly a bad sign. So basically it just comes down to just Chiefs gotta guard him a little better. Or if he gets if guys get caught on switches, they gotta guard him a little better. Less Millsap. It's always going to be Jamal Murray for the Nuggets. Like he he's the barometer for them. When Jamal Murray is good, they win. Except when the game goes into four overtimes, like the, and it, and it becomes like a literal toss up ten times over. I don't know if literal toss up. The game wasn't thrown in the air, but you know, you guys know what I'm talking about a toss up. But Millsap is that is has been the X factor for them. In the way that Mo has been an X factor in in maybe less scoring forward ways for the Blazers. I think those are the keys to that's for me, those are my keys to game five. The obvious stuff that I always talk about, rebounds, turnovers. Uh, what I talked about in the second segment is that Damian Lloyd probably needs to be a superstar level player. Like uh, above very good player that he was in this game. He needs to be superstar level. He needs to be he needs to be, you know, is this the best point guard in the NBA type level game? He can't be the second best point guard in the game like he was tonight against Jamal Murray. Blazers can't survive that. And they need to find good Mo. They need to find the Mo who can play 30 minutes and give them really solid 30 minutes on the court. Not the one who gets in foul trouble and 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 isn't playable, either because he, he disqualifies or because he's just struggling. And the Blazers got to figure out some way to make wily veteran... Paul Millsap, who's kind of the the heartbeat of this uh, of of the Nuggets team. He's he's you know he's he's so much older than the rest of their core at 34 that that he really steadies them. Blazers got to make Blazers got to make it tough on Millsap. Those are my keys to Game Five. It is Tuesday night, 7:30 p.m. on the West Coast. If you don't live on the West Coast, do the math. It's cliche to say 2-2, I think the winner of Game 5 will win the series. But let me put it like this. If the Blazers win Game 5, they're going to win the series. If they take care of business on Tuesday night, I, I, I see them winning this series. That's not a prediction that they will or they won't. But if the Blazers can get that win on the road in Pepsi Center, I think they can win this series. I think they will win this series. Should be really interesting. Don't blame any of these losses on the officials. They had nothing to do with it. That's my sign-off for tonight. It's mad corny. The game was decided by the players. Some of them didn't play well. Some of them played better. Tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. They can find it wherever they find wherever they download podcasts. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.